Hi, this is Jazzwood Auto Talk with Jazz. I am y'all's host. Um, fuck. Also, I forgot to tell y'all last episode, I am going to work on cursing because I hear that YouTube is very much so against it, so I'm working on it. I'm trying to be better. And I thought that being in a corporate setting was going to help this. It don't. It don't. I'm a, that's a myth. I, someone lied. It does not help. But anyway, hi. So, um, I am here now and I forgot what I was talking about. Okay, listen. Last episode talked about the relaunch, kind of talked about where I went and why I, um, why it took me so long to really get this back up and running on video and the whole nine yards. So like I said, this one is, we're doing a little bit different. So basically the episodes aren't just, oh, we're going to talk about this and then wait, we're going to have an interview. Like the things that we're talking about actually go along with some of the interviews. So it's kind of like, Tell them what you go and tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them type situation. But it's a lot of things that are very real that's happening in this field that most people either aren't talking about or is very taboo to talk about because it's something that is such an issue that we're so used to it. Like the idea of shop talk, um, which that does go into today's situation. Um, and then I did talk about some of the people that I'm bringing on, one being Will Slatery, which next episode you'll actually hear the interview that we did and some of the stuff that we talked about. Um, but one of the biggest things that we did talk about was temperament. Uh, he is, again, a coach that goes to different dealerships. I'm sure he goes to other places, but he goes to different dealerships and talk about um, why understanding your temperament is going to help with communication, is going to help with how you interact with customers, how you interact as a leader, as a manager, which are two different things we do go into it, and talk about how the workplace overall helps whenever you understand yourself, just like you want other people to treat you. Well, like he said, treat people how you, how they want to be treated, don't treat them how you want to be treated. Because how you want to be treated is different than how other people might want to be treated. And I actually get that and understand that. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. So, if you don't mind, like, subscribe, follow. If you're on YouTube, in the YouTube land, if you are listening to it, like, comment, review. Uh, get me up the charts. I am so appreciative of the people who are. Um, definitely follow. Definitely, you know, talk to me. Tell me how you feeling, how you like it, whatever. Um, and if you don't like it, I apologize that this is not for you. All right. Um, but a little bit more into it for today's topic. Topic. Um, I have kind of a mini series that's going on into this podcast called. Uh, what is it called? Oh, there it is. Shortage series. 
that's a tongue twister for me because I'm from Texas and we're flat tongue and everything comes out everything comes out incorrect cheese so shortage series is basically just a series of topics that is kind of happening in in the automotive industry we're seeing lack of workers we're seeing how there's lack of training um, lack of mentorship lack of relationship building with customers and with people inside we're seeing just a lot of different things that we used to see back then and i'm sure it happens in other industries so don't take it as only automotive is is having this issue but what i am seeing and what i'm hearing and what i have to deal with is now people not understanding what they have because of lack of communication which is what we're going to talk about today um one of the things that i have been seeing and what seems to be a real true issue in the communication field is always having a middleman i hate having a middleman so and here's an example because i work now in technically the insurance field uh, or third-party warranty is part of insurance no matter what you think or say it's insurance it's basically you're going to get coverage on something it's just not accidental it's mechanical so it's whatever came in that had a fault that you didn't do or that um, wasn't caused by what we call outside influence which is lack of maintenance um, maybe rodents damage or um, like there's so many different things of what could be considered outside influence or maybe you saw that check engine light on too long and you didn't go get it fixed yeah I'm talking to y'all I do the same thing because my check engine light right now it's on it is listen I get it shit's expensive mine is for a catalytic converter do you think I want to do a catalytic converter first of all I had to do my shots and structs I almost died I almost died I almost died because I had to do it on the ground. So my legs, actually my arms were fine. I was pissed. Why are my arms fine? You did all the work person, uh, arms. Why are my legs feeling like they need to be uh, sawed off? Who? Any, and the reason why that was brought up was because I just did that like two weeks ago. And y'all see some of the videos. I took an ice cream break because it was like still 97 degrees. And we were like, and it was like seven. I was like, so how am I supposed to do my work on my car? What am I supposed to do? Take it into the shop and then y'all charge me $1,000? First of all, y'all knew the issue two years ago. Y'all could have taken care of it. The reason why I know it uh, is because my dad helped me get my car fixed while I was unemployed and they all said, oh yeah, your struts are needed. And I was like, why is it that it still feels bumpy? Because the struts weren't done because even though they were like, oh yeah, that's part of the reason why you have issues, we didn't do it. So they did the lower control arms, which were easy peasy, but they did not do my struts. I was like, I don't care anymore. Anyway, 
I say all that to say that whenever you see that there is an issue, if you keep it happening, if it comes prolonged, it will cause an issue. And it will happen that you seeing it and not doing anything about it can actually affect your warranty. Because you're not fixing it or because you're not taking care of what technically you're contractually supposed to, it can void that warranty and cause you more issues. And I will definitely go into it into another episode, but right now it's for communication. And I said all that to say this is part of the reason why communication is so um, important. Because communication starts with whenever you buy the vehicle. No matter what, like I'm going to talk about this from a consumer standpoint, and I'm going to go to actually in the, in the workplace. From a consumer standpoint, y'all don't always know what you're buying, right? So at this point, it's like you walk in and you expect for the salesman to tell you everything. So when they say, hey, we're going to also sell you a warranty claim or a warranty package, you're like, all right, cool. Like, is this going to cover maintenance? And they're going to tell you any and everything to essentially make you buy it. And then y'all get mad because they're like, well, what, didn't you read your warranty? And you're like, no, because the salesman, I thought, told me everything that they were supposed to. No. I hate to say it, but some of the best salesmen are the best liars. Some of them. There are others who actually tell so much of the truth is actually kind of scary. But at the same time, they're like, they know their facts about a vehicle. So they'll tell you the truth about the vehicle, but they won't always tell you the truth about the packages that are involved. Or they'll tell you only the good things, but they won't tell you what could void the warranty. And so they kind of leave it to the customer to do it, to do their own research. And if they do their own research, they're mad because they don't make that sale but that's a whole nother issue um so as the consumer it starts with the sales and then let's say there's a miscommunication of hey you can have this you have all these add-ons now that's about what fifteen sixteen thousand dollars added on to what was a $30,000 car, now you're paying $46,000 for this car, and may even be a certified use, because I right now don't even know what new vehicle is under $30,000, um, but you go and you get all these add-ons, and then you don't do oil changes. First of all, don't do that. Um, that voids every warranty almost. Luckily, you have some warranties like the company that I work for who actually doesn't, they don't just think about, okay, well, you didn't do oil changes, so deny, but they definitely will um, do it for a lot of, like the, I call it OEM, but it's essentially the manufacturers. So like Honda, Toyota, Mazda, Ford, Chevy, GM, GMC, all them they all have their own warranty that they put on vehicles for certain times and mileages and then you have the third party warranties that come into play that kind of help with let's say this is no longer covered okay well you can't extend that warranty if you use this third party that we work with or whatever so at this point there are so many different 
revenues that you can take. There's so many different things that you can um, be mindful of, but you also have to make sure that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, be like, be ready for uh, someone figuring it out because you can always be like, oh no, I do it, I do it, I do it. They're gonna ask for maintenance records. If you don't have those, then you're probably SOL. They're gonna ask for, they're going to kind of tear into the, the engine and honestly, the in, vehicles tell on you more than you know. Like, for example, it, we know that people smoke in their car. One of the main things is because if you have any type of carpet or whatever that holds in the smoke, one of the, the other thing is, is you can spray all around and we not smell it there, but we do your filter because we all the time have to take out cabin filters to inspect it and check it. It will turn a certain color where we can see that you smoke in the car, even if you roll the windows down. Like there are certain things that we check for where we can see that you're doing, like you're doing something that you're not supposed to or whatever. Like it tells on you all the time, every time. Just be mindful of that. If you don't do oil changes, you're gonna get sludge. You know, you see those videos where it looks like jelly in the vehicle, that literally happens. If you don't do oil changes, it basically thickens the oil. And as the oil keeps getting thick and also gets dirty, it either burns to the point where, it, yeah, it carbonates or it literally turns into jelly or if you add to me additives to your engine oil it will jellify and yeah that, and that's what happens so be mindful also don't put any more um like uh fuck what is it called the shit that helps with uh, clogging for leaks, don't do that. Don't do that. That fucks everything up. Don't do it. Don't, 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 don't. I just had a case that someone sold the vehicle because they kept putting in the, yeah, the leak stop, stop leak. Yeah, don't do you stop leak. Stop leak is like the worst thing for your vehicle because you will not be able to drive with it. It literally damages the engine so just go get it fixed because you might as well go ahead and spend a 600 then have to throw away the whole car and then you not have a car because if you throw it away the car then you have whatever issue of uh repo on it or repossession or whatever and you know snowball snowball effects and now if you're just getting cash cars and you're fucking them up fine that's on you Anyway, when it comes down to communication, having that third man always is like trying to play telephone. Something always goes wrong. Every time. Every time. And what I mean by that is I've had in a situation This actually happened about six months ago. Person came in because car that they bought, the... Um, convertible top wasn't going back come to find out the whole frame was bent I think the vehicle was in some type of accident well what ended up happening was is there were so many advisors that were put on there and then you had customer service telling one thing to the customer and then the customer hearing something from the repair facility then the repair facility telling us something different it was like having 
telephone on steroids with having to talk to the customer about their limits of liability, them doing this, them doing that. So then we had to do more research because then we found out what the repair facility was telling us. It's not exactly what was actually happening. We sent the inspector. The inspector and the technician had a whole nother conversation than what the service director was telling us. So then we are telling the service director, yeah, your technician is telling us this and you're telling us that. Then the service director is trying to, is almost cussing me out. Then the uh, customer is almost cussing me out. Then the service director second in command is over here saying, well, you lied. And I'm like, listen, I told you I can't give any authorization if it's over 500. And because it's over 500, I have to wait on it. I told y'all that at the very end. It's not my fault that y'all didn't listen. All these things were just like <laughs> building up to the point where I was like, you know what, let's just move the vehicle. And they were like, well, Jasmine, you said the wrong thing. I was like, no, I told you I didn't want to be a part of this situation because it was too much telephone. We already could see that the service director didn't know what he was doing. We could see that second in command, she was just in there listening. We could see that the customer was just basically frustrated and thinking it was our fault when in reality it was the service, it was the repair facility's fault. Then technician, he just fine, honestly. I, I like the technician. Technician was like, listen, this isn't the issue. This isn't broken. This is actually the issue. This is what you need to fix on. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. The people who were actually having the issue were the service director because they were trying to get money. It was a part, the whole frame at the top, just to let y'all know, was MSRP list was 13 grand. We were able to send the part in for 10. They didn't want match MSRP list, which is basically what most people pay for a part or I should say like list pricing, what you would usually see that price at, what they usually say, oh, you get the vehicle at MSRP. Parts are the same way, but a lot of times they usually put 10% on top of the part, whole nine yards. Um, so the part we were able to get for 10 grand, it was actually OEM, it was their part. We just went directly to the um, manufacturer to get it. And he was making all this hoopla. Oh, you're doing aftermarket. You're doing aftermarket feeding it to the customer. The f customer is mad at us because like you're trying to put aftermarket part on there. Then when the part came in, he was like, oh, it's OEM. Because he actually wanted to do make us pay for a part. That $10,000 part, he wanted us to pay 25000 and then he went down to ten, uh, 20000 He was like, well, we have to do this and we have to do that. And then when he saw that our part really was the part that they were going to get and was only five days out versus his seven or three weeks, he got pissed because he basically just lied to the customer. Literally lied to the customer. And you have these situations. It's not the first time. It's not the only time where repair facilities will look at what revenue they can get without understanding how their communication affects the entire process. Because if he had just taken our part, we would have warranted the part. It would have already went through their type of warranty, which is, I think it was like three years, 100000 So it would have already had good warranty on it. They were getting paid for the labor. They were also getting paid for uh, storage fees, even though the reason for the delay is because they were being hard, not us. And 
we still would have worked with them. So everything would have happened way sooner if it hadn't been for a person who, to be completely honest, probably shouldn't have been involved with it. Because I don't think service directors need to be involved with something that a much capable service advisor could be. I'm sure, honestly, I believe if repair or if dealerships themselves had warranty admins, which are usually like involved with back stuff, they should also have warranty advisors, certified warranty advisors, because that kind of helps with the process. They know that they're going to do this labor. They know which labor guy that people are going to go based upon. Like they know all these things. Let just one or two advisors kind of take it over, but don't have all advisors. And then next thing you know, people are leaving because of lack of communication in the dealership, which happens. Like, so now you have a pissed off customer and now you're upset because they're cussing you out. So now you're over here having a problem with everything because I get it. Like, you get cussed out by a customer honestly it like that's a whole wrap on the day i'm not dealing with it i'm not dealing with you first of all (laughs) i'm not dealing with anybody else and what happens when the next customer comes in you're going to blow up so communication really is key and also trying to understand from a consumer standpoint we can't always do what you want i know everybody has made it oh Make the customer happy. Make the customer happy. You can't always give the customer what they want. I would love to just authorize everything, but I can't. Because trying to authorize everything means that not holding accountable you know, dealerships who have recalls on the vehicle or have TSBs or have their own warranty. It means for the, unfortunately, the consumers who have not been taking care of the vehicle, them being able to get everything done, even though it was something that they needed to do. It's kind of like an accountability process. Having the great right amount of communication allows you to be accountable for yourself. Like we have to stay accountable for ourselves. If we don't cover something, we have to stand behind why we didn't cover it. We have to actually review it. We have to make sure and guide y'all along the right path. Whenever you call in to us, whether I'm talking to you as a claims adjuster or, claim, or as a customer representative, I have to make sure I give you the right facts, right contract. Um, I tell you the process correctly. I tell you how to get reimbursed for certain things. Like I have to make sure I do my due diligence because if I don't communicate anything correctly to you, then you're going to be like, well, what was the purpose of me calling in anyway? I don't want that to happen. Also, also definitely always read your contract. Always ask for like we send our contracts to the customer just because we want to be as open as possible. There's something you signed that was a legal contract. You have ac- you have the right to have access to it just like we do. So we send it to you. So if you ever have questions and they're not answering it, ask them for um, ask them for a copy. They have to give it to you. You signed it. 
And another thing with this communication, I can go down a long road. This is just some of the stuff that just makes me upset is if you don't know, don't tell someone. And that's on both sides. Like, oh, and I say both sides, I mean like warranty and repair facilities. Customers, if y'all don't know, y'all usually ask. The ones who I usually have a problem with is when repair facilities tell me something. Like I had one probably this week. Someone was like, oh, I can't give you that information. Ma'am, ma'am, listen, listen. Um, yeah, you can. Oh, you can. You want to know why? Because I have to call multiple dealerships and ask y'all, does this vehicle still have coverage? And you know what y'all usually do? Y'all tell me. So don't tell me you can. Don't tell me you can't do something. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. Then she sent me to someone else and they did it. Really? Now you wasted two minutes of that person's time and my person and my time? Ugh. People, right? But anyway. That was just a little bit of communication. I think, in a, in a way, communication is one of the ways that you can tell that will make and break a relationship. It's whether or not you it will run smoothly. Because if you continuously lie or you continuously misguide customers, you never have returning customers, which means you always have to figure out how to make new money, which makes no sense to me. Get a customer for life. Don't get a customer just to have a customer for that time. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with with repair facilities. Like, what you do to customers, you're usually also doing to your workers. So if you're not taking care of your customers, I can only imagine what you're doing to your employees. Because that means if you're treating your your customers like a number, you're treating the employees like a number, and that's probably why you have a higher turnover rate, and it always starts with management. Because, again, the technician knew he, what he was doing. Um, the service advisor knew what they were doing. They, were, they just left. As a matter of fact, that was the reason why the service director was over it was because the person who was dealing with the claim had left. The customer was upset because they were like who's lying to me and comes back comes to find out it was actually a repair facility and then you go to the whole situation of okay why am I even like what's the purpose of me even trying to come to this repair facility or this um, dealership if all they're going to do is lie to me or all they're going to do is manipulate the situation because they did they were literally the reason why we even had to fight the way that we fought was because the customer was over their limits of liability. Limits of liability means that once you hit that limit, you have to pay the rest out of pocket. So we were trying to get, so I think once, when the part hit 18 grand was when the limits of liability was hit and was like done. So then they were like, okay, well, the customer's not going to pay the two grand. And the thing is, is the customer had just bought the vehicle. So they were like, if we can get this, 
that get them to take her apart or move the vehicle, that would be great. But we can't move the vehicle because the customer didn't want to move the vehicle because he was believing what the repair facility was saying. I really want to see if the customer came back and found out that um, the repair facility lied to him. I would really love to figure that out. Because first of all, both of them, like, again, I, I had disappeared from that that situation and then got told I needed to handle it because nobody else wanted to reach out to them. It was ridiculous. It was also, I kind of was upset with my own company because I was like, first of all, you hear them disrespecting me and it's not even my issue. So y'all should have had a manager involved. But water in the bridge, again, communication, one of the most important things. You don't respect the customers you're damn sure not respecting your employees what makes you think that you're going to be successful in business if all you're going to do is use people for money eventually using people for money and showing them that all they are is a number usually limits the amount of money you bring in and if you don't care about that and you just care about job hopping you're part of the problem honestly literally (sighs) this was a heavy one for the second episode um yeah so next week uh we're actually going to have again will slattery on here he is canadian so he's probably going to be a lot nicer (laughs) and we're going to really just kind of go into how temperament kind of affects communication how it can um better if you know your temperament and you are able to see how other temperaments work with you or how you're able to communicate better with other people's temperaments and figure out what temperament they are, how that actually betters you um, as a salesman, as a a service writer, as a manager, all that. So we're going to go a lot into it. um, And I hope y'all enjoy that. I had fun talking to Mr. Slatery. He's amazing he had some of the best advice and um it's just it it was fun i hope to have him on again just kind of talking about anything else outside of that as well um but again don't forget to like comment review subscribe youtube instagram facebook uh, spotify all of that um yeah and then we'll talk again next week or actually next episode. Bye.